0: Hello and welcome to the m M&M podcast. I am Emma and I'm here today with... Mizzy! Oh my goodness, you actually did a good
1: intro. intro. I'm so proud of
0: you. <laughs> so today's episode, we're going to have a chat sort of about sustainability, but we were saying before that it's going to be sort of a skim the surface everything sort of chat. So we're going to be talking about plant-based eating, fast fashion, sort of how the pandemic has come into the sustainable movement and stuff like that but yeah it's going to be quite a broad chat but i think that's yeah a good way to ease into it onto the podcast because yes. there's very, a lot of realms to sustainability and being eco-friendly which we probably won't even get into today because i feel like yeah it's fairly so like you need to,
1: <laughs> yeah you need to dedicate one podcast to one specific yeah niche part of it i suppose but
0: we're not doing that today we're gonna to do no. it all <laughs> oh,
1: we're gonna go broad
0: <laughs> but um before we start we are going to chat about what we have been watching and stuff um which i've decided is the new segment uh, name, name <laughs> for the
1: segment because it just feels right so have you watched any good uh um, yeah so <laughs> last night um i watched lost in translation with my housemates which i have seen before and i believe you were the one who told me to watch it Mm. it it was in sixth form i i think and i think i hate i didn't like it when i first watched it
0: that actually rings a bell you voicing a strong distaste yeah
1: (laughs) which now back and i think that i was probably like on my phone or something and not really watching it disgraceful i know i'm sorry second
0: screening
1: yeah (laughs) (laughs) hashtag media student (laughs) (laughs) Um, but this time I I was so surprised that I didn't like it before I was like Mm. what the hell it's incredible it's just gorgeous my god it's beautiful maybe I'm also like I know what loneliness is now and that's why (laughs) I liked it
0: (laughs) I I actually don't remember it all that much but I do remember like the color palette is like chef's kiss isn't it
1: yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) to describe it
1: but it's yeah. all grainy mm, mm. film
0: out of all the sort of films that you've recommended this is like the same discussion every time when people recommend a film that's supposed to be quote-unquote good i'm usually very cynical about it yeah it's usually bad <laughs> um but no that film i seem to recall i need to rewatch it
1: yeah well sophia coppola we, I don't actually know how you say this, sure, is this uh, Coppola, uh, Coppola, who knows?
0: Fran, oh my god, what's he called?
1: <laughs> Francis Ford's Coppola. Daughter. Yeah. Her daughter, his daughter. <laughs> yeah.
0: The yeah. the relations, there are yeah. relations between them.
1: Well, um, she's got a new film coming out at the moment soon, I think, with Rashida is she, Jones. Is she the director? Bumaroid. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I've lost some um, translation. Yeah. apparently uh, my housemate Bronte was telling me that that film was she used to be married to Spike Jones and that film was her reaction to the divorce or something and then he have you heard of a film it's called her with Joaquin Phoenix that was his reaction that's just a little bit of insider gossip apparently (laughs) (laughs)
0: it's like writing a breakup song but making a breakup film
1: yeah I hundreds like that of millions ploughed
0: like... into your breakup. <laughs> I
1: love that. Yeah, that's fun though.
0: Yeah, I think that's quite an interesting insight though, isn't it? Yeah. I do you like hmm. a bit of contextual background?
1: Yeah, a nice bit of
0: an IMDB page. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When I say contextual background, I'm like Wikipedia or Instagram. Yeah. I'm not deep diving.
1: I'm not reading
0: a book. Oh,
1: Girl. <laughs> yeah what have you been watching
0: the only thing that i've actually really watched this week since we've talked is was this it's on netflix and it's called breaking the bank uh it's just like (laughs) this british like comedy which usually i'm on board with but i've got to give this maybe like a six out of ten the rain keeps on getting lower it was all right there was bits of it that were you know, quite comical. And it, it it had, like, a good message throughout because it was about, sort of, the fall of a bank. But it was a lot more... It wasn't, like, the big shot or anything. It was, like, a lot <laughs> more British than that. Um, it wasn't that intense. But it did, sort of, you know, bring to light the, um, sort of... not Not officially criminal, but basically how criminal banking is as a whole and how unjust and stuff it is but it was mainly a comedy it wasn't very deep in any sort of way and it was only funny maybe about 35% of the time so
1: which is not really what you want from a comedy film yes
0: I wouldn't really recommend it to a friend but you know if you
1: if you fancy it if you fancy 35% comedy then go for it it.
0: (laughs) and it's also about two hours long so it's it's hefty to be honest
1: mm. you're not really but selling it
0: maybe i was watching something that was quite long and i thought and it was real rug, whatever it was because i thought who decided to make this film like two hours long no this is what i watched <laughs> i tell you what i have watched another film on netflix that wasn't very good um kissing booth
1: 2 oh god it's
0: like two hours 15 which i was like that's bordering on that sort of thing where you're creating cinema and you think yes it (laughs) it does deserve to be two hours 15 no a netflix rom-com especially a sequel (laughs) needs to be no longer than an hour and a half does it like (laughs) don't push
1: it but that's so true (laughs)
0: it it was funny in parts but like do you know what i thought it just made like everyone out to be proper like I don't know, like, it was teaching people to be psychos in their own relationship, basically, I thought. That's what my takeaway was.
1: Um, I've not actually seen The Kissing Booth, like, the first one or anything. I remember when it was a big thing, and I just, I remember watching the trailer and thinking, because I love a trashy rom-com. Oh, yeah. But I remember thinking, like, oh, maybe I'm, maybe I'm past those teenage years now, because none of this is making me want to watch that.
0: No. Do you know what? I maybe wouldn't recommend either. No. But me and my mum had watched the first one, so we watched the second one. We did the same with uh, To All The Boys I've Loved, which again... Yeah, both, I quite liked that, but... They were both sort of subpar yeah. rom-coms. But we talked about that one... What was it called? The Half of It.
1: Yeah, that was really good. I that. Really was good.
0: That was good. I would recommend that. Because I feel like I like a film now that is more based around friendship. <laughs> like have you ever seen green book as well actually
1: i don't think so actually.
0: oh that is a beautiful story of friendship <laughs> <laughs> just give me a story about friendship i just think it's in films we grew up with they were like sort of the untold stories of friends it was more like mm. where's my romantic storyline which is fun don't get me wrong i don't think that isn't a place for romantic storylines but i think Friendship's a massive part of everyone's lives. Yeah. Well, hopefully. And if it's not people want it to be, so stories surrounding friendships are really important and really a lot yeah. of the time. Also
1: this yeah. kind of constant thing with like romantic stories like pushing that all the time mm. probably makes people feel quite inadequate a yeah. lot. So let's get more friendship in the Yeah. Way,
0: <laughs> yes, definitely.
1: I feel like this segment just turned into what we would not recommend people watch. Just yeah. stay away from these things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you know what else I have
0: thought I've watched actually recently? And this is a, a big recommend. And this is proper trash TV, but mm. you cannot love it. And that is The Voice Kids. <laughs> kids. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, honestly, it melts my heart every time and these kids are phenomenal like they make the adults look like <laughs> pure and utter shite like honestly these kids <laughs> are super duper talented and the prize for the whole thing is goes towards like them going to a music school or something which I'm like ah oh, that's such a lo-, lovely yeah and just all the judges are real sweet and every time they sing like everyone's crying <laughs> it's a big emotional journey um, so yeah, if you want a bit of a cry and to bop along to some songs, I would definitely recommend The Voice Kids. Only The Voice Kids. Are. I think the, the normal voice is a bit too serious in it. Yeah. I think the thing is, as well, when kids are on it, it's like they're excited about life, it's all still fun and games, but when you're adults, it's like they're all like, this is my last chance to Make be a, a singer. And so, yeah, and I'm like, oh God, this is like lurky depressing because it is because they're like, if I don't do this, I'm going to like, do a job that I hate forever. Whereas the kids are like, oh my God, I love singing. <laughs> Which <laughs> <Woo>. <laughs> is a bit more uplifting, you know, for yeah. your trash TV. So, yeah. So I said nice. I, I'd watch nothing and then I've been like, actually, I've watched this. since <laughs> uh, And this is, I was mentioning this to Mizzy before, last week I recommended a book and I got the name wrong and I kept on saying the wrong name and I was listening to it back and I was like, please be quiet, Emma. It's not called such, no, what did I say? It's called such a fun age, not such a young age. To clarify, sir, burn the other podcast because it was (laughs) embarrassing that I just kept on saying it again and again and again when it was wrong
1: cancelled
0: am yeah. I right? yeah cancelled me <laughs> um, do you have any more recommendations or non-recommendations
1: um, I don't think so I actually haven't watched that much recently I haven't had time god
0: no I don't feel like I've been watching much do you know what I've been doing and this what? is bad have been on my Instagram explore page all <laughs> the time and what is on Instagram explore is trash most of the time like I keep on getting pictures of Gigi and Zayn because their <laughs> baby's coming soon. Always have something with Jo Jonas and um, Sophie Turner. It's,
1: it's all uh, the baby content. which yeah. is what you're getting. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What does that mean? <laughs> uh, um yeah. The the FBI guy's like monitoring your phone is like she I don't know what she wants, celebrity <laughs> babies.
0: <laughs> but yeah, so maybe I should stop doing that and actually <laughs> consume some more um inspiring and worthwhile
1: content. Rewatch Lost in Translation. Yes, obviously. I want to yeah. now.
0: I bet it's on film four, actually. Because yeah. isn't it a film four film? think so i don't know actually i can't remember yeah um it, that's like a pro tip actually if you're looking for a film look on four or look on iplayer because there's sometimes some really yeah. good films on there because netflix currently seems like trash for films yeah i can't find
1: anything there actually there is a film on netflix that i would recommend called it's called shirkers and mm. it's actually a documentary but so me and bronte were going to watch it last night but we're, i think we might watch it tomorrow now but mm-hmm. i've already seen it anyway it's it's like a film and a documentary in one it's hard to explain but it's about these these um people in singapore who were making a film in mm. i think it was in the 80s and then there's uh, this whole element of like mystery and stuff because the guy this like american guy who comes in to be their producer just disappears with all their footage, and it's, like, a 30-year story of uh, how they get it back and stuff, but you see bits of the film and then, like, the sort of conspiracy aspect in the documentary thing. It's, it's real cool. It's real good. You that
0: sounds like... Not some... Like, conceptually, the idea of them being interwoven, mm. that sounds really cool. The actual genre is not something I'd usually go for, like... I'm not much of a mystery person.
1: Really? Oh, my God.
0: Yeah, everyone's like, mm, oh. I wonder who killed this. Like, let's learn more about <laughs> Jeffrey Epstein. I'm like, I'll read an article on it, but I don't, I'm i not going to try and work out who did what. Like, I couldn't care less. Oh. <laughs> like, this whole Ted Bundy thing, everyone buzzing yeah, about that. Yeah, that was it. Nothing. <laughs> I have
1: no interest, I'm afraid. Uh, I'm basic I'm... and I love a good murder mystery conspiracy is the gov- what's the government doing to us kind of thing ufos inject it into my veins honestly <laughs> love it <laughs> <laughs> like blood <laughs> right okay i feel
0: like we've gone off on one should we get on to our sustainability chat then
1: Mizzy? yeah so i thought we should sort of talk about how we both became well you're vegan and i'm vegetarian mm. so do, if you want to give a bit of backstory of how that came about when you started doing that kind of right
0: thing. yeah um so i actually my three-year vegan anniversary um came up on sunday um so that's my timeline i was actually sick on, not sick but <laughs> felt unwell on sunday so i didn't get to celebrate with all the food i'd hoped i would but alas <laughs> Um, but then for a year before that I was vegetarian, and my reasons for going, like, vegetarian, and this is actually, um, now I wouldn't, it wouldn't have swayed me, but I don't know if you've ever seen Freely the Banana Girl on YouTube. No. She used to, basically. She was, like, a proper militant vegan who actually gave people really unsound advice on things to eat. She basically just said, like, eat fruit all the time and you will be healthy, which isn't a balanced diet. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And she proper, like, hated on other people, etc. And said, like, people had miscarriages because they weren't vegan. Stuff like, like, publicly. And it was pretty, like, rough. But for some reason, I was like, hmm, maybe she's got a point. (laughs) And that is what turned me vegetarian.
1: I actually did not know that. Which Why is, is, How did I not know that? Very rug, because I
0: think that whole thing was vastly unhealthy. And on reflection, it I I could have ended up down quite a like unhealthy path if I hadn't have been careful because a lot of the advice, especially in that community, because it was very much like a just eat plant. Like obviously I just eat plants. What I mean is just eat like uh, smoothies for every meal. Yeah. ...isn't really gonna work for many people. How old were you when... I'll have been... six Sixth form, wasn't it? 17, so, 17, I wanna say. 16, 17. Um, and then the year after... But the thing is, I never was, like... I never had smoothies every day. Like, all I did at that point was... ...cut out, um, meat. Um, and I was eating quite a lot of, like, egg and stuff, whatever. But then I watched What the Health, um like a year yeah. later and that swayed me to go vegan which again i think i've re-watched what the health since and actually as a bit older i think again i was quite naive in the f- i don't think that would sway me now to go vegan however i'm mm. really happy in the decision to be vegan or plant-based i feel is a more friendly term um <laughs> because i again i think that documentary is it's on re-watching it's so biased but it's yeah. good it's insightful and it is interesting but it needs to be taken with like a pinch of salt really um but yeah since then i have been vegan and i think it, my sort of journey in that is i when i think a lot of people go vegan super passionately which is great um but you become a bit of an asshole and you're like (laughs) why isn't everyone else vegan um and now I'm a lot more chilled out like I I really believe in how um positive it can be for the environment for your health um and for the animals however I am not in the business of shoving it down other people's throats because I don't think that's a tactic that works. works yeah no um and I think it's i think i would hate if someone else did that to me and yeah i think i'm a i don't know i'm a lot more tolerant i don't think i was ever like mad when people were sort of like i it grates a bit when people are like what do you eat and i'm like i feel like that's just the most bizarre question because if you think about all the plants in the world and all the meals you eat there's like plenty that wouldn't have meat or dairy in any way but people are like yeah. oh my god what do you eat and I'm like should we just sit and use our brain power for a second and <laughs> think of a few ideas because there's one or two things I can eat um, <laughs> but no I think I'm fairly tolerant in that yeah. sense I don't know why I went down that route it's not really to do no, that no, I, I, I feel think like that's there's a, a huge def- you get quite defensive about it because people yeah I do have people like, oh, why would you do this? And you just think, well, why? It's just a one choice like any other choice, isn't it? It's
1: such a divisive topic for some reason. Sometimes, like it very much feels like a one side or the other thing, and it's just mm. not.
0: Yeah, I, f- I find it really strange. This one in the fact that it's not a. If I was going about and eating like pebbles for example
1: <laughs> like I would put you in a mental hospital that's real work like and
0: that's like adding something to the diet and if I said some to someone like oh come on we've all got to eat pebbles like obviously no but <laughs> all, right, all Gwyneth
1: Paltrow
0: <laughs> all I'm saying is I'm not going to eat some of the stuff you eat
1: yeah it's not yeah. like
0: I'm suggesting everyone else eat something new and crazy and weird it's just like I'm just not going to eat a few of the things that you eat is that chill and i'm gonna eat some of the things you do eat because i know you eat chips i know (laughs) you eat rice etc um so yeah that baffles me because it's not like you're forcing something it's just you're just not doing something yeah a lack of something riles a few people up and that's a very stereotypical because not most people especially now are very um chilled about it if anything, quite interested about it because a lot more people are sort of on the side of flexitarian, aren't they?
1: Yeah, exactly. <coughs> what Sorry.
0: happened to your voice? That's <laughs> a um, <Got some> cough. <laughs> so, what what do you um, consider
1: yourself as, Lizzie, in terms of diet? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a vegetarian, um, although I'm trying to go vegan at the moment, but, like, slowly, because... Mm-hmm. I think that's the other thing is that people think that you... It's like a snap decision and then one day you're a meat eater and the next day you're a vegan and that's just yeah. how it works. It's like, it's fine to, like, do it slowly. Um, so I went vegetarian not long after you went vegetarian. I can't fully yeah. remember, but I think... I Basically, you said that you were doing it and I just copied you, I guess. said <laughs> <Trend laughs> it. <laughs> I remember trying to do it when I was like 14 or something Mm. and I lasted literally about two weeks because my family were cooking a fry up and I felt like FOMO or something. Sniff that bacon. (laughs) Um. I didn't even like bacon that much but I was like don't want to be missing out so you know um, and that's interesting because when I did it then it was really because of the animals like I was I wanted to be a vet when I was younger I really Mm. like just loved animals so much and that's why I wanted to do it but now when people ask me why I did it I'm sort of just like oh it just feels like it feels like not that much of a sacrifice for a good thing to do for a lot of things like for the environment for your health for the animals like especially now having like it'll be like four years for me being vegetarian if it's three years Yeah. Three years vegetarian, one year... No, sorry, one year vegetarian, three years vegan for you. Yeah. Um, Like, looking back, I just... I can't even remember what it tastes like. And so then you can't really comprehend that that it's that difficult to do. Even though you know that it actually... Now that I'm trying to do the vegan thing, I know that it is quite difficult to do because Mm -hmm. I'm like, I love cheese. That is providing quite difficult (laughs) for me to give up. But... um, yeah, so
0: I think it, that's quite interesting. The fact I'm like a big supporter of people as well who aren't full anything but are happy to integrate more plant based whatever into a yeah. diet because I think one, that's great for everyone's health, and two, again, it's really good for the planet. Um, but I can't now, like, I couldn't bring myself to not eat vegan even though like i think that route of being a lot more flexible with it is great and i think that would get a lot more people eating this way i personally couldn't i don't think i could actually eat any of that now yeah it's not that's not an attack on anyone else i just don't
1: think i could now yeah uh, being this way (laughs) yeah it just it loses its appeal once you don't have it for a long time yeah and it would be the same of anything like I think if you gave up I don't know like if people gave up chocolate for years I don't think and you really really like that everybody loves that and if you (laughs) gave it up they just do (laughs) then you wouldn't I think it's the consistency of having something that reinforces that you like it it's not what it actually is yeah like the thought of
0: drinking a glass of milk right now makes me want to (laughs) gag
1: like I don't think I could do it well, I think that with, like, people always say in particular, they're like, oh, don't you just miss bacon, though? Like, that always seems to be the one. And that is the one where I'm like, it smells like rotting flesh to me when you cook that. <laughs> Out of anything else, like, that makes me feel sick. And so, um, but obviously when you eat it, it doesn't smell like that. But it's weird how that changes in your mm. mind.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. But, yeah, what you were saying about being flexitarian, stuff. So I remember when I first... When I first went vegetarian, my whole family were like meat eaters and stuff. And now uh, my twin brother is vegan. Um, He went vegan this year, like straight. I think he was vegetarian for maybe about six months and then he went vegan. And then my the rest of my family are all flexitarians now I suppose they don't really eat that much meat at all and it's not because of me because they've actually done this since I've been at uni away from Mm -hmm. them it's just been a general kind of progression of I think how society's gone a bit is that people don't feel the need to have it as much anymore
0: yeah I I do I sense since I started like being vegan a definite shift in sort of people's Um, perception of it and how readily available plant-based vegan stuff is out and about I think as well in restaurants there's a lot more options but then a lot of options that are um, and it it does depend where you are like especially round here (laughs) york (laughs) area there's maybe lesser but if you get into a city the options become it's less like this is vegan it's more like this is a good option on the menu and it also is vegan because there's no reason why plant-based food can't taste in creds and i've had some incredible plant-based meals yeah um so yeah i just think people are maybe realizing it's not such a big thing but i do there is also that um there are ties to the word vegan, I think, especially. Mm-hmm. Where people like my granddad said this morning, actually said I might this is like what I get from my family most of the time. He's like, I might go vegan Emma. He obviously isn't going to go vegan. This was a jerk. And he <laughs> went he's like, but I might dye my hair red and get some nose piercings. Um because that's what he thinks yeah. like a vegan is, like that hippie sort of thing whereas actually
1: all vegan is is what Which you're eating in itself is quite stupid because <laughs> you've been vegan for three years or whatever and you haven't dyed your hair red you did get nose piercing once but you don't yes have it anymore. but <laughs> that is being a teen isn't it yeah that yeah that's being a teenager not being a teenager <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that. I do understand the stereotype of it, of course. Like, like when you say there are... In anything, when there's a kind of, like, militant sort of realm of it, nobody likes being told what to do. I think that's, like the fundamental yeah. truth of anything is that you don't like being told. Do you know what? Going back to the Lost in Translation thing, maybe the reason why I didn't like it was because she told me to watch it because I find, honestly, I'm really bad with this stuff. If people tell me to listen to music or, like, read this book or watch this film, I'm like, in my head, I'm like, obviously, oh, yeah, it would probably be good. And I'm, subconscious, like, you're subconscious. Like... I'm like, no, you had to find it yourself for it to be good. <laughs> I, I don't take orders from anyone. <laughs> I hate authority. So, so <laughs> um, But this whole, like, flexitarianism thing, I, that's, like, that's the future of uh, not being yeah. vegan or vegetarian. Like, that's what's important. And um, I think that
0: for all things as well, though, not just vegan in any sense of sustainability, but probably other things as well, being... Imperfect but trying. Yeah. It's going to be the biggest thing, isn't it?
1: Yeah, because that's something that everybody can do. Yeah. Because, like, not everybody can be vegan or whatever. People have anemia, they have, like, health problems yeah. related to the fact that they need to eat meat or whatever. fine. And I think obviously. there are some
0: accessibility issues as well, aren't there?
1: It's expensive a lot of the time. I, some... I,
0: yeah, I don't think it is, but then I think it can be depending on what line of, like where you sit economically i do think it can be too expensive for some people and especially like it's not gonna ever be a worldwide thing because in third world countries like that's not even a choice to be made yeah so it it isn't going to work for everyone but there is a lot of privilege to be honest
1: actually in those countries they're probably doing far better things to protect the environment yeah Than we are we're the ones pumping out all the Mm. Bad gases, <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't just mean the farts.
0: <laughs> <laughs> nice potty humour, like it. Um, one thing I did note down is I do think that, that like any sort of um, and inter- like this sort of links with the whole accessibility things that when things become anything you can group, it sort of like calls to people who love like a good sort of cult like thing so veganism becomes this like whole um, like it's been the whole smoothie drinking for every um, meal of the day or it becomes this um, middle class vegan cafe thing yeah. instead of just being what it is a healthy way to eat that can come in all these different forms and yeah, yeah. I think as, as soon as people stop like trying to i don't know i guess it's when it becomes commercialized at any point is when the problems start arising when people want to make t-shirts out of it and all this whatever yeah. saying like vegan whatever that's not helpful really as much as yeah true you know, making it easy for people to access plant-based foods
1: on like kind of the other hand though is that it's understandable why people go to that that sort of side of it because when you like when you've made a decision that does kind of change your the way you are living a lot Mm. you obviously really do believe in it and it can be frustrating not just in terms of this kind of stuff with veganism or whatever but anything when you just want other people to believe it too and you want them to get why you've done it and so I can see why people go like full throttle like in your face about it yeah because they they're just trying to express how much they care about something but they're just the problem is that it doesn't translate like that unfortunately no. um and so that so the communication aspect of it is probably where it where most things need to change to be, again communication <laughs> i love a good bit of communication me if you watched the last podcast so.
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, Yeah, because most people don't like being shouted at, but it's just misplaced passion, isn't it?
1: That's all it is. But we were going to talk about a little bit with regard to sustainability and what's been happening at the moment with the global pandemic. Um, We were talking when I came home um, about how obviously this started from what somebody eating a bat or something
0: yeah actually has it been fully confirmed what i don't know there's some definite speculation on the front
1: of bat eating
0: (laughs) bat eating bat pooing on fish market (laughs) that is definitely something i've heard
1: okay well anyway we know that there are some what we in our culture would consider be to be unusual to eat those animals, but then equally I guess you sort of like, well, why is it normal to eat cows and pigs, et cetera, in ours? Like that's just the only reason you think that's normal is because you do it kind of thing. Yeah. But um how how if the, if that is how it happens eating the bat or whatever and it's been transmitted via an animal there are a lot of diseases that you can get transmitted via an animal but also in terms of the way that we farm things
0: i i was just saying before I, I pulled up an article on um five modern diseases grown by factoring factory farming and they include E. coli, mrsa I can't say this one, but basically one and salmonella, which, again, mad cow, which I always remember that story we heard in Sixth Form about yeah. mad cow. And then this one's really interesting. The last one they say is obesity, because that is... A um, disease. Basically a disease. And obviously that isn't spread by factory farming. <laughs> you can't capture obesity. However, because of the quantity of um, factory of um yeah, farming that's happening and the quantity of meat, etc. Yeah. And there's sort of meat foods,
1: consumption.
0: Yeah, because with the foods it's not even just like um it's not just like having a steak. It's because there's so much being produced, whatever it's cheap, that's your burgers, that's your chips, that's your milkshakes. I know that isn't all made in a well,
1: also farm I remember but it just reading sort that comes. red processed red meat is the same level of is it pronounced carcinogen i think Oh yeah of of like in terms of like being bad for your health it's like cigarettes and stuff
0: yeah this is the one thing i would be interested to learn more about but i feel like the information is really hard to find online because I don't know how true... Not how true, but how much some of the facts from things like What the Health, et cetera, yeah. are facts that they've pick and, like, picked and chosen to yeah. suit the argument they were going for, which is fair enough. But, yeah, I would like to know, like, read a few different things to find out where that sort of stands.
1: Yeah.
0: Because I'm not 100%
1: sure all of that is the only truth no of course but i think it's pretty common known that if you have anything like excessively then it's Mm. bad for you yeah red meat is one of those yeah it's not just diseases in terms of like what you could catch from an animal though too it's like the process of the actual farming is because of the quantity that they need to get out at the speed to cover the amount of consumption that people have for me the the farming is pretty despicable and yeah the conditions that the animals are in is just so tight and bad that they just have to spray them with things like antibiotics and to so that they don't get diseases. Mm. So and then things like that means that you're consuming whatever they're consuming kind of thing that you yeah. get it transferred to you. So that kind of I mean obviously this is just me saying this based on things that I've watched or read or whatever, so, mm-hmm. okay, disclaimer, it might. I don't know yeah. if it's 100% true or whatever, but, um... But, from your own logic, when you think about it,
0: you wouldn't, I don't, anything else you, like, consumer you wouldn't want to be on that scale, because you know at that scale things are never gonna be done, like, with a great deal of care. Because it goes yeah. past that, doesn't it? So, even if these facts aren't 100% true, you can't see how it, anyway, it's like the most thoughtful process at all. Oh, you've got a big siren coming past. Sorry. Like, we're so far away from when you would say hunt for an animal or have a small farm where you would, like, in the past, obviously, they would have the cows and then you would have that for your Christmas dinner, or whatever. You'd know it would be Daisy the cow, whatever. We're so (laughs) far away from that that you, the sort of supply chain of your food is so disconnected from what's on the plate. Yeah. It's hard to believe that it can be good practice because how can care be put in at that level?
1: It just,
0: you can't see it happening, can you?
1: And that's also like like you, we talk about it in relevance i guess of like how it like transfers to us as well and like what we're consuming but on another level it's not very great for the animals i know that they're only breeding them to die anyway but like the actual life that they have in that period is not very nice yeah
0: i think it's probably worse in america as well I mean yeah. I'm sure in England there's some not great practices as well but yeah I think um, and it, it probably it also it's so like um, multifaceted because it stems from our want for things that are um, really take a whole process to make like it's it's a skilled thing to be a good farmer So if you're if you are a meat farmer like that's a whole skill unto itself And you can't produce that for the price people are wanting things for. So that skill and that thoughtfulness is just... There's no place for it. There's no time for it. Yeah.
1: With this stuff, I think maybe it's good to recommend watching some things about it for people to... Yeah. ...understand what it's like. Um, I I think there's this film called uh, The Biggest Little Farm. So according to Wikipedia, (laughs) um, it's like this couple who they leave behind their life in LA and they start this um, farm and it takes over like seven years, they transform it into a kind of very like biodiverse habitat. Um, But it's about how they... um, Like they went from quite like a... The opposite kind of life to that and then went fully into bringing up a sustainable farm and the struggles that they've had with that because it's not just about like you can just say oh go we should farm things more sustainably but the farming things sustainably is good for the actual farmers themselves too because they're suffering under this Mm -hmm. regime of um how we do like factory farming because like local farmers and things they can't keep up with that kind of stuff
0: I actually remember hearing about I remember Chris Evans talking about this on the radio show. So this is some time ago now actually and I never got around to watching it. But it is in that it's like that whole sort of you wouldn't call it artisan because it's not <laughs> it's farming but that really localized sort of skills that people have and have taught through generations yeah being lost or not being needed anymore
1: mm. like the love of like the earth and the farming and the animals and like yeah. bringing that as like a proper like a, the connection to nature is not yeah, there anymore because
0: I think yeah that's a really good point like the whole thing about farming is it's not just the outcome it's having to work with mother nature basically yeah to create this so it's it's like a much bigger thing but yet all people are bothered about all because as soon as money's involved which it always is of course it is things lose i don't know it just becomes about the end product yeah it becomes less about how because the thing is like farming it's not just what you're going to get at the end of this year the land you've got has got to last for years and years and years you've got to farm it in a way that it isn't going to be worthless in the next five years, yeah. and it's more about an understanding of the greater picture instead of just yeah what we and, can get at the end.
1: Um. So there was another documentary called Sacred Cow, which is narrated by Nick Offerman. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, like, liquid gold. To <laughs> <laughs> um, he. He's like a huge meat eater, like a big advocate for meat eating. Mm. But he did this documentary that basically is not—it's not telling people necessarily to go vegan or vegetarian. I think it tell, is telling people to be more considerate of those things and maybe, like. Consider what you're actually eating and get good local stuff and yeah. blah blah blah. But it's also about just advocating sustainable farming because if you love, if you actually loved the meat, you would love, you would surely care about the way it got to you, and the yeah. way it, you know. Um, so I think that's quite, those kind of documentaries, compared to like What the Health and Cal's mm-hmm. and whatever, are more interesting to watch because they're actually you it it solves sort of like the greater issue really that is currently environmental and Mm. about sustainability not just for the earth but as how we sustain things for the rest of our society because at the moment it's not going too well (laughs) (laughs) Um, and we need to do something about it and that's one thing that that would work and would work for everybody in terms of their health, it would solve a lot of issues in one, which just being vegetarian or vegan individually doesn't.
0: No, yeah. I think it is, as a whole, if more people saw the way things were farmed, and not just even so much as meat, which I know is a big thing in producing, like, greenhouse gases, using water, etc., but, like, as much as seeing how you could get more local food and stuff or just be more interested in where whatever's on the plate comes from Mm. is what would probably drive more people to just be more considerate about what they eat because it's not about never eating meat again it's maybe just not eating meat as often or really choosing where your meat comes from and stuff like that and yeah. trying to eat season seasonally. Is that the word? Yeah. far. We are just so far from... I think, and this is for Mercings, I think, that we're so disconnected from where everything comes from. Like, in the past, you would have a cobbler make your shoes in the village, whatever, in the town. And you, obviously we don't. We're not in that society anymore. Times do change, obviously. I'm not saying we should go back yeah. to the stern ages but i think if you consider the things you earn the things you consume be that food be that say fast fashion or something or just fashion in general and you think about where it's come from the because there's a whole life that everything has that you end up getting before it gets to you that includes people people's wages perhaps and animals involved perhaps lands involved perhaps energies involved so everything has so many in more effect. facets than you just going to the shops and buying it, and I think yeah. maybe I think just people seeing that and is probably the biggest game changer in that sense.
1: I think I that's know. something where people are starting to realise a bit on things like fast fashion or whatever. Mm. Um, there's definitely been more of a swing towards buying clothes from charity shops or Depop or something like second hand, rather mm. than just buying stuff from a high street shops all the time because their their procedures aren't great. You know, there's stuff with Boohoo at the moment.
0: Do you think, like, people didn't realise that before or...? But then...
1: I'm trying until... to think, honestly, because I remember being in school and... Um, my PSHC teacher, Miss Langley, I think, she said something about Primark and mm. about how they use, like, slave labour or whatever. And and I remember being, like... My, like, woke 14-year-old self was like, I can't believe this mm. now. I was just, like, I'm boycotting it. And I remember all my friends being like, Oh, my God, we just get the prime out, Missy. For God's sake, you'd it, be so annoying. But, like... And I felt proper... Like, at that age, I think you do really, really, like, strongly, like, react to things. And yeah. I was like, God, I'm... Like, I'm never stepping foot in there again. It's awful. But I think... But I don't... I didn't really have a conscious awareness of what... Of anything to do with, like, actual fast... Like, the reason why they would even be using slave trade, yeah. I don't think, that. But
0: everyone seemed to assume that Primark was that way which I mean I know they have sort of sort of tidied up their yeah outward appearance but I don't think they have great ethical practices in general correct me if I'm wrong Primark but like every other shop people just continued shopping I was doing the same
1: Mm.
0: but I think there's also that thing that up until maybe like, 20 years ago, when we were born, a lot of stuff was still made in England. Like, there was um, the Dewhurst factory in Driffield, near where we live, where they employed probably, like... Uh, I don't know how many people, but employed <laughs> some people, people in our community. Um, it was made, obviously, fair wages in a local place. And that was where Marks and Spencer stuff was made. So the yeah. the stuff you'd buy from your local high street was made in england using ethical practices maybe like the cotton wasn't like super recycled whatever but you knew them at least the members of staff were being paid fairly whereas at some point during that there was obviously a shift to finding the cheapest labor that being abroad mostly and i don't know whether people didn't catch up with that or what but i know it it wasn't until i was maybe about 18 that i was like christ like everything i'm buying is unethical yeah i was like and i like the whole of my wardrobe i was like what and like it'd be stuff like i used to shop at hollister all the time like that was my vibe and it was a bit more like on the pricier side if you weren't in the sale so you saw like how can that be bad how can they not be paying the workers but literally that's just the norm isn't it it's like hmm. whatever the However, they can make the biggest profit margin, they will and are.
1: But then the problem with this stuff is that it comes into like this socioeconomic problem with it is that people actually need places like Primark or whatever where they're really cheap because people can't afford to buy more expensive things. So it's in many ways, it's sort of like as a consumer, you have a responsibility in a way to know, uh, to sort of check what you're buying but also there are, also isn't a lot you can do if you're mm. financially restricted and because it's really it's the companies and it's the it's capitalism I suppose that that dictates why those things happen and you're sort of a victim to that regardless of what decisions you make you yeah
0: know? I, I think that's it like an important point because A lot of the stuff, like, say, ethical, sustainable clothing or as much as, like, um, these zero-waste products, say, like, a metal water bottle or something, they're great ideas on the... Like, as a premise, but most people, a lot of people can't pay 40 quid for a metal water bottle. No, It's an investment and for a lot... It's just not accessible for so many people, but it's sort of it's become sort of expected that this sustainable movement sh- should come from us. And I, I am a big believer in every little help, so if you can do something, do. But I wish there was a bigger push on these companies to have ethical, sustainable practices. Yeah. So it isn't all just a consumer. I do think there's working together, but it can't just be on the consumer yeah because
1: the consumer is dictated to by the company so they can't actually yeah. do that much really mm. if they're if the company is not going to change then the actual every little helps that the consumer is doing isn't yeah. isn't big enough it's never going to be big enough for yeah. it
0: and I, I know that like it's sort because sustainability is becoming sort of a trend which in yeah. some ways is really good and you know anything anytime that something positive builds momentum obviously thumbs up but it is creating this whole like brands saying they're doing things that are eco friendly but it's more just a cover up yeah because it's not like I was flicking through a magazine and there was the whole um Buxton Water had a spread <laughs> um and it was sort of bigging up the fact that they now had recyclable water bottles like like the plastic bottles they came in and i was thinking one why weren't the plastic water bottles always recyclable but then i was mm. like two that's not really solving the issue at all any time that what like really that bottles the plastic water bottles about is not good for the environment because it's sort of an unnecessary
1: thing that Yeah, because also that relies on the fact that people actually recycle them, for one thing. Yeah. And then that also relies on the fact that when you put things to be recycled, that they're actually appropriately being recycled, which we actually don't know to an extent how well that works, because it's like an... I remember learning in, like, um, psychology for some reason, I don't know, in school that um, about we you just there are certain things that you just assume that because it's a thing that that's how it works Mm. and so you assume that if you put something in the recycling it gets recycled and you assume you put something in the waste bin it goes to tip or whatever but actually i think there's a lot of crossover and there isn't necessarily the right organizational management to be Mm. able to cope with all of that and so the probably whilst you say things are recyclable great and hopefully they are a lot of it probably is still going in the tip
0: yeah well i actually i was in london once and i remember being horrified because (laughs) i was in this park and um a bin lorry came up and there was a bin and it was recycling general waste yeah guess where both the bins went in the exact same dustbin lorry and i was like my god Bitch, please, what's happening?
1: (laughs) But, like, and that's like right in front of your face as well. Yeah. Most people wouldn't even notice that. But it's because you just, you just, you put trust Mm. in the authority that that is what's happening. But if they tell you it's happening, doesn't mean that it is. And that's where the deception of things comes from.
0: But yeah, like with this thing with books and the, the fact is. Yes, it looks great for them as a company if they've got a big green recycle logo on the side of the bottles But ultimately, it's the same as it always was. If they really wanted to make a change They'd be maybe looking at compostable plastic They'd maybe be switching into cans or, you know, that paper that can be recycled Or they would be diversifying the business to not sell water in plastic bottles because it kind of really like we all have a tap Um, if not (laughs) you know
1: yeah we should have more public taps
0: yeah Um, so their whole green movement spread whatever is basically unhelpful to anyone and And it's more of a
1: it's an illusion as well because it tricks people into thinking that things are happening and when all these companies say that they're doing things you don't to, you don't, you're never going to fully know the extent of the practices that they are actually undertaking anyway. Mm. But if if you trick people enough to think that it's happening, then they believe it and they think it's going to be fine and it sort of hinders the movement in a way because it lets people be lax in other areas anyway. Yeah. And it needs to be like a proper like top-down government focus yeah like upheaval of so many things to be honest like it's not even just down to recycling it's just, like it's transport mm-hmm. it's energy it, like all those things that you just can't ourselves really can't do that much about the only thing you can do is sort of talk about it yeah and lobby for it i suppose
0: yeah and i think one thing that's quite seems quite sad right now is the fact that before the pandemic all the climate strikes were really starting to get some momentum behind them yeah it well it felt that way i don't know it was getting some news coverage but now it seems a less less of a conversation definitely in the news
1: and also because of the pandemic, there's a lot of like problems that are going to become their focus now. Yeah. But they'll also need to put a face on the fact that they're trying to solve the problems, which usually just means that they're going to like polyfill them and not actually solve <laughs> them. What they need to do is like this would probably be the best opportunity to uproot a lot of things and start mm-hmm. from like actually build a solid foundation for how you're going to proceed with a sustainable future. But they're not going to do that because they're going to need... We In this way, it's sort of, in some ways, our fault too. We expect, like, quick, fast um action to stuff mm. and to things to be fixed. And we're not very patient in how actually things are, that actually are worth doing take mm. a lot of time and... Yeah. But then another
0: thing on that front is that the fact that obviously i'm right in thinking our governments are supposed to be in for five years aren't they yeah we haven't had a prime minister for five years in a long time now but there is that whole that they could start the ball rolling on something in a long-term way and then get voted out And that's when things begin to... Someone starts something and someone undoes what the other person started and then nothing ends up changing, which is annoying. (laughs) Yeah. It's true. But, yeah, it's like a long-term thing. It's not just a trend that is now. That is the one, like, about trends. Like, it is good that it's getting the momentum, but you don't want people it just dissipate. get yeah gets sick of sustainability when we need it have you, you have, have you watched any of um Zac Efron's Down to Earth no right I'm gonna do a big spoiler in that <laughs> one it's not really a spoiler because it's like a natural happening but the whole show I thought was really good for one in um bringing some issues to a wider audience especially with someone like Zac Efron at the front um who I thought was really good in it. But at the end, basically, his co Darren, he his house got burnt in the... To, like, to dust in the California wildfires. And yeah. it just, like... I thought it <laughs> I'm not saying I thought it was amazing, because it wasn't, but as a, a
1: sort of... Like, poignant, like it's a big... Yeah,
0: to end that, round up that whole shirt. it really showed that everything they were showing in that shirt actually has a personal impact on people because they did show people like disaster the um hurricane in Puerto Rico was that right yeah yes um and showed all the disaster there but I think until it's like a personality that you know such as we'd follow Darren through the whole series it doesn't hit as hard and it did in that it showed that like these the impact of the climate emergency is happening now and happening to people we know yeah. of. Well, I say know of in quotes, but... Yeah. So it's... I don't, where was I going with this?
1: Well, Basically, that, what sort of personal attachment makes people realise that, yeah, that could happen to you. But yeah. Like, like they, these things aren't, they aren't, like, ideas or in theory, they are mm. happening and...
0: yeah. And that it's, it's so important that it isn't a trend that just comes and goes because these things aren't going to stop happening.
1: Yeah, they're just going to get worse.
0: Yeah. There was, like, a massive thunderstorm last night and I actually thought, well, this is the end of everything.
1: <laughs> <laughs> just gets ready to go. <laughs> this is the end. <laughs> oh, stop. Stop it.
0: Um, I'm, like,
1: I feel like boggled on yeah, where same. we're up to. Yeah, I think that, to be honest, we're, we've been a bit like incoherent with some of it, but that's yeah. generally how people like are with these kind of things. You don't know everything, and you're just trying to learn about it and do what you can. So yeah. I think that's a good place to like end it on. <laughs> yeah. After we that, don't know inc- anything. But... Incoherent <laughs> in chat. Love. I didn't say that right.
0: But I think it, it'll be good to... That was to... very
1: incoherent. <laughs>
0: yeah. I think it'll be good to sort of focus in on a few of the... M- topics a bit closer because i think this that's the reason why it was so like felt like a big mind splodge this podcast because everything is so interwoven this is the word i'm looking for intersectionality is that it i've heard people throw that about everything is to do with something else especially within sustainability because it affects so many facets of the way we live be that how we eat how we pay for eating, how we live, etc. So it, everything has got a knock-on effect. So I think it's really hard to talk about as a whole. But then yeah. talking singularly, it's also really important to bring in other things. Yeah. Or it doesn't
1: Makes make
0: sense or it can't be changed.
1: the whole picture.
0: Yeah. So it it's... When you start on it, you realise how big of a topic and issue it sort of is how
1: all-encompassing it and that's is. like that puts a lot of people off anyway because it's mm. so much like my brain kind of hurts a bit right now but i remember you know um jack harry's and alice ED, jack and finn harry yes. they've just started a thing called earthrise studios or something yeah like that. um got an instagram about it where they're basically they're like climate activists mm. and that's the whole point of that is to sort of like tackle all the kind of like jargon and the like heaviness yeah. of it to make it more kind of communicatable to people to so you don't feel like you've just been like overloaded with heaviness because that puts you off
0: mm. but so I do that's think good to look at it's also sort of you don't want to put people off, but it's sort of important for people to realize that recycling isn't all there is to sort of like yeah um sustainability or i think after blue planet was on everyone just was like plastic yeah and yeah plastic
1: is detrimental (laughs)
0: in many ways to the environment and energy and like fossil fuels etc but that isn't the be all and end all of sustainability it's so much more which is a lot but it's um i think it's actually super interesting and worth diving into even if it's something you don't know much about as well yeah, for sure. I feel like it's something I talk about a lot and think about a lot, but yet when it comes to talking about it, there's still a lot I don't know, and factually wise, and it's a lot of like hearsay as well, unfortunately, and mm. facts that are passed off as facts that are more like people play it however they yeah. want to, and I think that's also a hard way to come into it, but again, interesting. <laughs> Yeah, but, <laughs> Sorry. goes quiet doesn't react that's fine <laughs> um, but yeah I think that's yeah. any closing thoughts
1: no. <laughs> no no thoughts no thoughts anymore honestly Brain I actually dead. think
0: my brain's died a death from yeah.
1: that but actually I'm going to go and watch these documentaries on sustainability because I've been wanting to do that for a while anyway actually where's Chester. that
0: one the, the big little farm is that what it's called
1: the What's biggest that? little farm. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure, to be honest. I should, I should probably find out. It would be good.
0: Because um, that sounds really good, and I think that'll be quite wholesome as well. <laughs> <You> <laughs> we know. love
1: wholesome content. Kill, kill two pairs who wants to. <laughs> it's on Amazon Prime. Oh, right. Expensive. I think you have to buy it, though. It's not on for free. Oof. Yeah, man. <laughs> but it's seven ninety nine. Um... To rent, is three nine nine. To buy, it's 14 pounds
0: Hell. <laughs> but, you know, some things.
1: sometimes it'd be that way. Oh, wait. Is it on Netflix? I feel like I would have seen it if it was on Netflix. No, nah, it's not. No. Nah. Is, it, is this one that... There's a Natalie Portman one as well called Eating Animals. That's... Mm. Not on there. <laughs> Game Changers. That was one that you watched i've
0: yeah. watched it that's a good yeah i do think net um documentaries like that usually are fairly um well especially game changers was really like fun documentary to watch because it, it's mostly from like a sporting perspective and performance uh, especially if you're into like sports fitness it's really interesting in that front but yeah i think documentaries are a great way of getting a lot of this information even if you find some of it is a bit like one-sided it's just interesting perspectives but often sort of opens your eyes to a lot of things that uh, most of the things i've sort of learned from about sustainability or say veganism whatever have been from documentaries whether i've taken it with a pinch of salt or not it is sort of opened my eyes to things that i haven't previously even yeah. recognized like even
1: if they're i mean you know with documentaries and stuff they're like in many ways trying to manipulate the truth but it is based on some form of reality yeah like, it's not just out of nowhere so i mm. think that's why they tend to be quite effective but
0: yeah well we're gonna wrap it up there i think
1: yeah <laughs> with
0: our recommendations um yeah thank you so much for listening to today's podcast um we will be back next week with another podcast on a topic we are yet to decide on
1: yeah um also we have an instagram now as we said uh, yeah last week
0: we have an instagram i occasionally put a story on um <laughs> we'll, we'll get it popping soon
1: yeah so the m&m podcast go follow it and yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Give us a like when we finally post a photo.
1: Yeah, we haven't done that yet. <laughs> but we will. Uh, New to again. the Instagram game. Yep. But
0: yes, we'll talk to you in next week's podcast. Goodbye. Yes. Goodbye. Woo <laughs> hoo.